Hey there, it's Dr. Nazanin Mo'oli, and I want to chat with you about a key ingredient for a fabulous date night, feeling sexy. And come on, let's be real. What you wear plays a big part in how you rock that confidence. That's why I'm thrilled to introduce you to Quince. Quince brings you premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts starting at just $30, along with washable silk tops, 40-carat gold jewelry, and more. And guess what? All of their goodies are priced 50 to 80% lower than similar brands. By teaming up directly with top factories, Quince skipped the middleman and hands us the saving. Plus, they stick to factories with safe, ethical practices and top-notch fabrics and finishes. How awesome is that? Picking from Quince's website was tough because they have a ton of fabulous choices. I ended up going for their 100% washable silk sleep dress in champagne. And let me tell you, my husband was floored. He's convinced whoever rocks this is in for a blast. I'm going to record some content on that dress so you can see how fabulous is that dress. Elevate your date night style with Quince. Pop over to quince.com slash sexology for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's quince.com slash sexology to get free shipping and 365-day returns. quince.com slash sexology. Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello and welcome to episode 36 of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali, and I am delighted to talk about a topic that I feel very passionate about. It was topic of my dissertation, which is post-traumatic growth after experiencing trauma. Today, specifically, we're going to talk about psychological growth after experiencing sexual assault or rape. But before we're going to go talk about that topic, I just wanted to remind you guys about the special offer I have for this month. For those of you who listen to my previous episodes, you know that I'm in the process of getting ASAC certification. And for that reason, only this month, I'm offering a limited time reduced fee for my sex therapy services. It is half of my usual fee. And the reason I'm doing this, I want to make sure I get different kind of clinical cases, different presentations that people experience in uh, sex therapy treatments. And again, I work with a number of different people with different presenting problem around their sexual well-being. But as part of the certification, it's required to present different kind of cases. Anyhow, what it means for you is that I'm willing to do online counseling or in-person counseling if you are living in Los Angeles area uh, for a limited time for reduced fee. And if you would like to take advantage of this offer, you can contact my assistant at 833-376-6254 to schedule your appointment. 
I'll make sure I'll leave a leave that contact information in the show notes as well. So last week we talked about healing from sexual assault. Uh, Mrs. Wendy Maltz, which is one of the authority in this area, she shared with us the steps that people can take in order to reclaim their sexuality. And I highly recommend you guys, if you didn't listen to that episode, please go back and check it out. I feel it had lots of great information about the tips and techniques that you can use to improve and get over the challenges you might experience because of the sexual assault. But I wanted to take a moment, this episode, to talk about another thing, another factor that helped many people I work with, I did research on, they talked about how because of the experience of the trauma they had, because of the rape, because of the incest, they found new meaning in their lives and how they become this stronger, more powerful emotionally people. And again, I'm not saying that this trauma, this rape, this assault uh, was a good thing for them because I don't want to, I don't want anyone to experience what they experience. And it is just such a difficult experience and traumatic challenge and memory to have. But I'm just sharing with you that many people, they don't see themselves as victim of the circumstances and that trauma helps them to uh, redefine their personality and post-traumatic growth is a newer concept. Until the 1980, most of the psychological literature on sexual assault predominantly was focused on negative psychological aftermath of trauma. Talked about the challenges that people experience because of the experience of assault and rape. But it wasn't until 1995 that two researchers, Dr. Tedeschi and Calhoun, they come up with this term post-traumatic growth. This is not a new concept. Many of you guys heard it in religious books, spiritual books, and motivational speakers from decades and centuries that, you know, something that doesn't kill me, it can make me stronger. And now we have literature to prove that. So, and many people talk about how the sexual assault trauma acted as a catalyst for positive changes and provided hope for a better future for them. And we're going to talk about how would that look like and how can people cultivate this experience. Before I'll, I'll go to talk about, talk about the post-traumatic growth, I wanted to talk a little bit about what is some of the common experiences that people might have as a result of the sexual assault? Not every single person might experience these challenges, but these are some of the common experiences of people that are experiencing sexu- they experience sexual assault, either if it was a one-time thing or it was an ongoing thing. People talk about that they experienced some kind of post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, sexual difficulties, and some people cope with those stressors by using the substance use, different substances that might lead to addiction. 
So for those of you who are not clinicians, some of the symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder can be re-experiencing traumatic events, kind of having these flashbacks. I know uh, Wendy was telling us about how some people, they're reporting that whenever their partner, like touching certain part of their body, they get this instant images and feelings, and that, that could be part of it. Big group of at least people I see, they kind of want to avoid and do the emotional numbing afterward. Some feeling of hypervigilance also is part of common response to trauma. And with sexual assault, you can sometimes experience some sexual challenges afterward. Many of my clients I see can turn to chronic sexual dysfunction if they're not attending to it. So some people talk about that they might have developed the fear of sex because of the association they made in their mind between sex and the trauma, inability to experience orgasm, reduced sexual desire, lack of sexual satisfaction. And these are some of the common experiences that people report. And sometimes this these things can change and disappear after a year. But based on my experience, most of the time, unless we're tending to them, they tend to remain for years and years. So it's really important to, if you're experiencing that, get professional help. But I want to talk about the other side of experiencing trauma, which I shared with you, is the experience of post-traumatic growth. And so people can experience this positive outcome after some horrible disasters, such as child abuse, accident, rape, cancer, a terrorist attack. And research studies showed five categories that people reported psychological growth after experiencing trauma. So one of the area is perceived changes in self, such as greater sense of self-efficacy, self-reliance. Many times I hear from my clients telling that, you know, I've been through hell and I, I survived. So I'm not a victim, I'm a survivor. And it helps them to kind of like with processing the trauma memory, learn that they are stronger than what they assumed in the past. People, human beings are so resilient and they're so capable. And I can only tell you that like I'm continuously shocked with how people survive these horrible experiences and they're able to talk about how it, those experiences help them to redefine their sense of self in the way that reflects their true sense of empowerment. The other area that I hear people report growth and research shows that is changing relationship with others. Some people, when they experience a trauma, like for example, sexual assault and rape, they learn that like they need to rely on others for support because some of these emotional wounds are too painful to process on your own. Sometimes people attend different groups and support organizations and they learn about how this is a common experience 
for many other men and women. And it kind of brings them out of this feeling of isolation and gets them closer to others. So I have clients that they shared with me before experiencing the trauma and rape. They were kind of living in their own bubble and they, f- they didn't feel connected to others. But now because of the shared uh, memory and experience that they have with many other survivors, they feel more connected with others. Some people experience increased uh, spirituality or change in uh, life philosophy. Some people get more religious. Some people find mindfulness practices as a way to cope and redefine their perspective. The other areas are heightened awareness of new possibilities. Sometimes clients engage in this activism organizations, they do different things and they realize that in the past, their focus was only on moving forward their agenda in life, such as do getting like more financial wealth, gathering more wealth. And they were kind of like, no, they didn't feel connected with their life purpose. And now they feel this strong uh, sense of purpose in life that changes who they are. And the greater appreciation of life is the other area that many of the survivors are experiencing. So one question I sometimes hear is that how common is it? Is it something that only very limited few people experience or it is a common experience? I was looking at the different statistic and research and one of the research studies that I looked at, it was published in 2013 on European Journal of Psychotraumatology. They looked at a number of adults who were victim of or survivor of interpersonal violence, and they reported 71% of them reported post-traumatic growth. So it is something that many people experience. But I think in order for us to cultivate post-traumatic growth, it's important to A, know it's a possibility, and B, be open to find meaning and explore and be curious about the meaning of trauma instead of wanting to push it and numb it and avoid it. Again, I absolutely understand why someone wouldn't want to look at those horrible experiences, But based on my experience with many of my clients, looking at it in a a constructive way and being curious about it can help people to develop this, cultivate this post-traumatic growth. One thing that's important to keep in mind that research shows that growth is a gradual process that usually occurs through cognitive processing and finding kind of constantly searching meaning from a traumatic experience in a safe environment. One of the areas that I look into in my own dissertation was post-traumatic growth after the war. The reason I look at the war was A, in my school, it was very challenging to do anything sex-related for research. And also I grew up during the war and I've experienced many people in my immediate surrounding. They reported personal growth because of the experience of the 
trauma of the war. What one of the interesting things I learned through my research that not necessarily not any kind of so social support is helpful. What I mean by that is social support that helps you to cultivate post-traumatic growth is the one that is validating and also it provides provides a space for you to be curious and process the emotion. For example, one thing that's common in my culture that people, they don't want to air their dirty laundry. So if you kind of talk about something that's shameful for you, and then it can translate to feeling like shameful for the family. So sometimes when uh, survivors, they want to talk about their experience the family, sometimes they want to minimize it. They're, they're not willing to listen to it. And then that might get hinder people's process of developing post-traumatic growth. So the post-traumatic, the social support that, that helps with post-traumatic growth is the one that helps people to assess their kind of like cognitive processes and examine their schema and kind of help them to make meaning out of their experiences. Again, post-traumatic growth is not something you can force, but it is something that it needs to for people to do a little bit of rumination. And I know rumination, it has this negative connotation, but then it's important, the research found that the rumination on uh, what happened and kind of like thinking about it over and over helps people to look at things from a different perspective. So I know many people are kind of curious about where, where they are in the concept of post-traumatic growth. There is this wonderful inventory that Dr. Tedeschi and Calhoun, they developed, and it's called PTGI Inventory. It's 22 items and standardized questions that assess people's post-traumatic growth after experiencing trauma, it gives you the different score. So I'll make sure I look online and see if there's a very free version of it. I'll put a link to that to the show notes. And I wanted to kind of at the end think about how encourage you to think about that it is a possibility for you to find meaning, positive meaning from the salt. And also it is important for you to if you are feeling ready to revise your personal narrative of how the, this horrible trauma fits within your life story, are you going to allow it to define you or you're going to find meaning from it? But I think that you need to be at a place, as, as Wendy mentioned, to look at those experiences and being ready to talk about it. And I think just it's really important to honor your own journey. Some people think that developing post-traumatic growth means that they're not going to experience the distress and anxiety and depression afterward. But there are some studies that actually show that people that who experience anxiety and distress afterward, they reported more growth. Again, in this part of the literature, is I find mixed reviews that some people uh, found that the distress was requirement for development of post-traumatic growth, but some people found that they're not necessarily connected. And I wanted to also differentiate that post-traumatic growth is not resilient. Resilient is like 
bouncing back to where you were before the sexual uh, trauma happened to you. But post-traumatic growth is going beyond that and becoming stronger and develop a stronger sense of self. And sometimes it translates to uh, making you feeling more connected to other people. At the end, I wanted to thank all of you guys who wrote us an honest review on iTunes. You know, last week I got a review that was that the listener mentioned that they found that the information presented by our expert on two of the episodes, they didn't find it congruent with their definition of science, which one of them was about alternative medicine, acupressure on improving sexuality. And also it was, the other one was on hypnosis. So I'm curious to hear the rest of you guys feedback on those areas. Are you guys, what do you think about alternative approaches uh, such as acupressure, hypnosis, like mindfulness? Do you guys find that helpful in your, your improving your sexual life or not? And also, I would love to hear the topic that you guys are interested. Again, this is a show for you, and I would love to hear your thoughts on the topics that you want to hear more on. And now you can record your questions and feedbacks on sexologypodcast.com. I can just record your voice. There is this blue tab that says, ask your questions from Dr. M. I'm excited and looking forward to listen and read all of your great feedback and reviews and i'll talk to you next week thanks for listening to sexology podcast for more great content visit www.sexologypodcast.com please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider